Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Is WWTC Minneapolis St. Paul FM 107.5 K298CO Minneapolis Intelligent Radio With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. President Biden and House Republicans remain at odds over the southern border immigration crisis. Even as White House and Senate negotiators try to reach a bipartisan immigration deal, House Republicans are demanding tougher immigration policies. Speaker Mike Johnson and dozens of GOP members traveled to the border in Texas last week where they blamed President Biden for the thousands of daily illegal crossings. White House officials called it a political stunt and blamed lawmakers for not approving more funding for border security. Greg Clugston, the White House. In the meantime, Wisconsin Republican Mike Gallagher says China is exploiting the crisis at the border. That issue alone shows you why Joe Biden can't have four more years in office. The border is an unmitigated disaster, and I'm confident that our enemies are taking advantage of that fact. And this is SRN News. Mark Levin sees yet another power grab. This is an attack on the First Amendment. This is an attack on our electoral system. What you're seeing here, Jack Smith, at the behest of Merrick Garland, are seizing the electoral power from the American people in Congress. For themselves, they are seizing the power to decide what will and will not fly in election. Mark Levin, weeknights at 8 on AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. Just after 2 o'clock in the Genovations Regen Weather Center, thanks for joining us here at AM 1280, The Patriot. You'll find us online, and you'll find a list of our local sponsors at am1280thepatriot.com. These are your neighbors. They run local businesses. It's a win-win-win for everybody. You get great products and great services at a great price, and you support local business and your favorite radio station. Find our sponsors at am1280thepatriot.com. From the Genovations Regen Weather Center, looks like we'll stay cloudy. 27 is the high, a chance of flurries for Monday morning. And that's your forecast on The Patriot. Portions of the following program may have been pre-recorded. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T-3, 2, 1. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with hour number two of the broadcast, we like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take a phone call, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for comments or questions. And if you'd like to follow us along on Facebook, feel free to do so. Just go to Facebook and do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network and give us a like or a follow if you haven't done so already. 
And, yeah, we do have a live stream of the broadcast that is also up and running, so feel free to view the broadcast as well and leave a comment or question in our comment section. And, as always, we thank you for tuning in. So it became official this past week that Harvard President Claudine Gay resigned, uh, not because she could not condemn the uh, calls for genocide of Jewish people, no, that would have been uh, the uh, the more moral and ethical thing to do. But no, uh, actually, because she caught, got caught plagiarizing several of her works, including, I believe, her uh, doctoral dissertation. And, you know, it's amazing whenever something happens to progressives that force them to resign or paint them in a bad light, it's never the activities they engage in that their fellow progs will call out as much as they will call out the wrong people noticing. And hence, that's why you all always get headlines. Conservatives pounce on, say, Joe Biden's misstep or conservatives seize on the comments made by Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar, which are anti-Semitic, but we don't we don't focus on the anti-Semitic comments. We focus on the wrong people noticing where, you know, it's kind of like the old uh, the Scooby-Doo villain thing, and I would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for you meddling kids. And that's how they look at this conservatives as the meddling kids, the meddling Scooby-Doo gang, that if they would have just minded their business, they wouldn't have uh, noticed these nefarious activities, and I would have gotten away with it. Well, that's not how that works. So uh, I want to play for you kind of a supercut of the general sentiments that were taking place. Uh, Jesse Waters at uh, Fox News Channel uh, put together about a 40-second supercut of different progressives, and the vast majority of them on MSNBC and CNN and different panel discussions and whatever. Uh, it wasn't Dr. Claudine, it apparently wasn't Dr. Claudine Gay's uh, plagiarism, which was uncovered, that forced her to resign. It was those Doggone conservatives that just are threatened by a black woman being in a position of power and they are deliberately undermining black progress. This is cut number one. And, of course, liberal pundits are going to bat for gay. Listen. What happened to Claudine Gay was mob pressure. There is this sort of open war on black progress, black history. Um, Claudine Gay, the president uh, of Harvard University, at least up until she resigned, um, is now the latest casualty of that. There very much is a racial uh, component. I don't think it's fair to say all of her critics were racist, but certainly a few of them were. It looks as though she was targeted. The fact that she's a black woman and the first person uh, who is a, a black American to lead Harvard uh, only added to their thirst to dethrone her. Million. So there you have it. Again, um, it has nothing to do with the fact that she... Basically, well, that's what plagiarism is, taking credit for work that you didn't do yourself. And, you know, we tried to rid ourselves of a serial plagiarist in a certain senator from Delaware that ran for president back in 1988, a senator by the name of um, uh, Joseph Robinette Biden. I don't know whatever happened to him. Oh, yeah, he ended up becoming president anyways. Well, you know what? We, we were more than willing to get rid of him, too. Banish him from from public light, but you kept dragging him back in, and you're still dragging him around like weekend at Bernie's. 
trying to prop him up this next election cycle. But again, that's neither here nor there. So again, there are there's no attack on the substance of the accusations against President Gay. It's just merely, well, she's a black woman, so of course conservatives are going to be threatened by her. And uh, Jim Garrity at uh, National Review um, pointed out that in her resignation letter, which we assume she wrote herself, again, we can never be too sure, uh, this was from Claudine Gay's resignation letter, first of all, and then I'll get to Jim Garrity's piece. Amidst all of this, it has been distressing to have doubt cast on my commitments to confronting hate and to upholding scholarly rigor, two bedrock values that are fundamental to who I am, and frightening to be subjected to personal attacks and threats fueled by racial animus. And by the way, uh, she started out a resignation letter which, with uh, the phrase, it is with a heavy heart, which is one of the most oft-used phrases in any letters expressing regret. So kind of ironic there that she couldn't help but lift one other commonly used phrase uh, for her own uh, personal privilege, but I digress. Uh, and it's interesting, Tom Elliott, who writes for Grabian, uh, pointed out that Gay's resignation letter it includes zero apologies to all of the academics she ripped off to advance her own career, but more three dozen references to herself. So the word I, 17 times, the word me, seven times, the word my, 11 times, and myself, one time. She embodies everything wrong with academia today. So utterly self-absorbed by her own unearned biological traits, Gay cannot help but to interpret every external event through her own narrow prism of narcissism. Plagiarism is the cardinal sin of academia, and all she can do All she can think to do after getting caught red-handed is to libel her critics as racist. When supposedly August institutions like Harvard start ranking equity above excellence, its perfectly predictable scam artists end up being elevated to the highest echelons in higher learning. Again, that's Tom Elliott opining uh, at Grabian.com. So here's the thing. She points out in her letter one of the bedrock values fundamental to who she is, is commitments to confronting hate. You mean like calls to genocide Jewish people? The main reason you were hauled before Congress a few weeks ago, and yet you couldn't unequivocally condemn it until the action of actually committing the genocide took place, which is in essence is how she responded to that. So not only is... um, she rips off other people's work if she tries to put into words describing her own traits. She kind of lies about herself, don't you think? And again, Jim Garrity at uh, National Review uh, points out, here's the thing. If you've done nothing wrong, are being falsely accused of rampant plagiarism, and all of your critics are racists or are gushing racist vitriol, why are you resigning? Why are the Harvard Fellows accepting your resignation? The contention of Gay and the Harvard Fellows is that Gay did nothing seriously wrong. Certainly nothing that warrants her resignation, but she's resigning anyway because a bunch of racists are demanding it. I was reminded of the contention Nina Jankowitz back in 2022 that the Biden administration and the Department of Homeland Security shut down the Disinformation Governance Board because of intense criticism 
from the, quote, right-wing Internet apparatus, close quote. A few months, uh, and then Jim Garrity goes on to kind of recount that particular episode. I won't uh, go into that. But Claudine Gay did not resign as president of Harvard because the pressure from racists had grown too much for the university. With its $50.7 billion endowment and far-reaching ties into the world of politics, law, media, and corporate America, Harvard ranks among the most powerful institutions in the country. The institution has powerful friends in just about every conceivable corner of American life. Harvard graduates include two of the past four presidents, Supreme Court Justices Neil Gorsuch, Ketanji Brown-Jackson, Elena Kagan, and John Roberts. Roughly 40 members of the U.S. House and Senate, around 40 CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. Harvard graduates make an impact wherever they go. Think of Henry Kissinger, Steve Bannon, Theodore Kaczynski, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. No, Claudine Gay resigned because the combination of her oopsie testimony, her plagiarism, and her previous thin record of scholarship made her a walking declaration that those who are powerful and who check the right boxes are protected from the consequences of their actions. The elite and powerful will close ranks and make excuses. So up until a week ago, everybody called it Harvard University. But if Harvard is going to call itself a corporation, despite its tax-exempt status, perhaps the rest of us ought to do the same. So there you have it. Look, she could have easily done the Ralph Northam. Remember Governor Northam when he uh, when he was a governor of Virginia? And his college yearbook picture, there was a picture of, either him in blackface or him in a Klan outfit. It wasn't really ascertained which he was. But a lot of people were calling for his resignation, and he basically was defiant, says, no, I'm not going to resign, not going to resign, and stood stood strong against demands to resign, and it eventually blew over. So I dare say, for better or worse, Dr. Claudine Gay could have been defiant said, look, I I maintain I've done nothing wrong. And she had support of her board. Even in the aftermath of not being able to condemn genocide of the Jews, she had the support of the Harvard board. And would have all blown over. Sure, it would have kept, her name would have been synonymous with all of this, but who cares? She would have still drawn the fat cat salary and her her progressive uh, allies would have looked the other way and still would have continued to prop it up as, as black progress. So the problem is they can't acknowledge that she didn't get this job on merits because they're concerned, and maybe rightly so, this would be a barrier to black progress. But the fact of the matter is you can't tell me that there aren't individuals who have been in academia for a long time and have got a solid record of what they've accomplished that could have had this job instead of her. So... We'll have a little bit more about this, including our next guest, Dr. Philip Magnus. Yeah, he played a pivotal role in uncovering Dr. Gay's instances of plagiarism. So we'll talk to him next on AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance, Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Back in mere moments. Go nowhere. Thinking about climbing Pikes Peak? You can get this radio station there, too. TuneIn.com, iHeartRadio, and Odyssey.com. We're always on AM 1280, The Patriot. Intelligent radio through your smart speaker. Say, play The Patriot, Minneapolis. I appeal to you to fight. 
I fully recognize not everyone has a fighting nature, but everyone can help fighters. What's wrong is not to do either. If the troops have no supplies, the troops are worthless. This station is a fighter. So there's a very simple way for you to help this station, and that is just patronize their sponsors. Help us continue to keep the Twin Cities right by supporting the local businesses you hear on this station. C.S. Lewis once said, education without values seems to make man a more clever devil. A Christian education is the solution to this problem and can be yours for half price for your child's first year. TwinCitiesTuitions.com and area schools are working together to make this a reality for families just like yours. Now you can equip your child with the knowledge and moral foundation needed for them to make an impact in today's world. To see the full list of participating half-off tuition institutions, go to TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. In Dinesh D'Souza's new blockbuster movie, Police State exposes the government's plot to control MAGA conservatives. These are anti-government. We have freedom of religion and freedom of speech. Violent extremists, and they must be dealt with. MAGA Republicans threaten the very foundation of our republic. Mass surveillance, censorship, and armed attacks. There's nowhere to hide. FBI, we have an arrest warrant. Fifteen marked units on my property. Military-styled soldiers pointing an order automatic rifle at my head. Are we becoming a police state? It may be the Russia other people grew up in, but not my America. Directed by Dinesh D'Souza, Debbie D'Souza, and Bruce Shuley. Police state sounds the alarm. What we need is a person, and then we go find out what crime you did. How did we give the state this kind of power? Police state. They have their lists. Are you next? If they're coming for me, they're coming for you. Police state. Buy it or stream it now at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If it was 1990, you'd be listening to your favorite radio station on a bulky boombox that burns through D batteries faster than you can say, you've got mail. Thankfully, it's the 21st century, and there are much better alternatives. For example, just ask Alexa to tune in. Alexa, play the Patriot Minneapolis. It's time to throw out that old beeper and get with the times. Listen to your favorite AM 1280 to Patriot hosts in high quality with Alexa and Amazon Echo. Don't get lost in the endless stream of misleading headlines. Turn to a leading source of conservative news. Townhall.com. Political cartoons. Thoughtful commentary. And an intelligent perspective on the day's headlines. Townhall.com. A division of Salem Media Group. AM 1280, The Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another segment on the broadcast with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. Again, folks, feel free to check us out uh, via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for comments or questions. And as always, we feel uh, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, folks, continuing our discussion on uh, for, now former pres- Harvard President Claudine Gay, uh, we'd like to welcome a guest to the broadcast, uh, Dr. Philip Magnus. Uh, Dr. Magnus is a senior fellow at the Independent Institute and also co-author of of a book entitled Cracks in the Ivory Tower, The Moral Mess of Higher Education, and uh, how relevant is that, that particular topic to uh, the topic we're going to discuss right now, as uh, Dr. Magnus uh, is a leading expert in plagiarism within higher education and played a pivotal role in uncovering instances of plagiarism in Dr. Claudine Gay's work. So we'll certainly talk about how he got involved with that and kind of expound a little bit upon that about how uh, this has made more of a black and white issue. And I'm not talking about black and white, whether plagiarism or not. 
Uh, a lot of leftists are wanting to make this about race. So uh, with that, we are honored to be joined by the aforementioned Dr. Philip Magnus. Uh, Dr. Magnus, thank you so much for joining us today, sir. How are you? Thank you for having me. So uh, I guess uh, we'll, we'll certainly get to the specific uh, instances that you found of plagiarism within Dr. Gay's work. I guess, uh, how initially were you contacted? Was the Washington Free Beacon, someone reached out to you uh, via that method? Uh, why don't you share that with us? Right. So uh, it's actually two sources that broke different aspects of the story, and that was the City Journal. That was Chris Rufo and Chris Brunette there. Uh, and then there was Aaron Sabarium of the Washington Free Beacon. And both of them, over the course of a couple of days, uh, contacted me and other plagiarism experts, people who had dealt with plagiarism scandals in the past, and they asked us to review and vet some of the examples that they had found. Uh, the City Journal one was uh, examples that started with Claudine Gay's dissertation when she was completing her degree at Harvard uh, a little over 20 years ago. And then the Washington Free Beacon found that the similar examples uh, continued into her academic work over the past two decades, basically. So obviously a lot of folks... Uh became aware of uh, Claudine Gay's name after her testimony before Congress about a month or so ago regarding uh, sentiments of anti-Semitism on campus and just the disgusting display of how her and some uh, other fellow uh, elite university presidents failed to universally condemn anti-Semitism on campus, whereas uh, they were fully down with uh, uh, punishing students who misgender others. Not right. go, don't want to go down that road in particular, but I, I bring that up to say, uh, was it just, was the timing coincidental? Looking into uh, Miss Gay's work, or was this chi- this kind of an extension of in the aftermath of her testimony, people wondering aloud, how did someone like that become a university president? I mean, sure. uh, kind of uh, explain the timing to us. Yeah, so the testimony, and uh, I think we can all admit it was uh, pretty much a PR disaster for Harvard and the other two universities that were involved. Uh, the testimony it redirected kind of a microscope onto Claudine Gay and the other two uh, presidents that had testified, and caused people to start looking at, uh, you know, who are these people? Where where do they come from? What's their background? Their scholarly work? Uh, and in Claudine Gay's case, there had been rumors circulating for a couple of years uh, that there may be some suspicious uses of data, some plagiarism in her academic work. Uh, they had been on the Internet uh, even since before she had been appointed as Harvard president. Uh, but no one had really dug into them uh, with uh, much in the way of depth. And it was really the testimony that focused that microscope on her and uh, caused people to revisit some of those old rumors. And it turns out, you know, where there's smoke, there's often fire. And uh, it just took a little bit of digging to confirm that uh, they were indeed true. Now, because uh, the Washington Free Beacon uh, happens to be a conservative publication, a lot of conservative writers, opinion writers for that particular site, at the end of the day, uh, they did some. They rolled up their sleeves and did good old-fashioned journalism digging into this. So, with with that in mind, uh, it, you know it's not surprising, I guess, that uh, the tired old uh, chanting point of conservatives pounce. It's never the behavior by leftists. It's always the reaction to the behavior that seems to draw the most ire. And I guess we shouldn't be surprised by that. But the the degree to which it's really unfolded here is is quite shocking. Specifically, yes. the instances that you've put forth. Did that shock even you, Dr. Magnus? 
it, it did in one sense uh, because you know you, you like to hold higher standards for journalism than uh, actually seem to exist out there and uh, maybe there was an older time a golden age when uh, journalists even if it was someone on their own team someone that they liked politically they would do the due diligence and scrutiny right. but uh, I keep pointing out in cases like these uh, the academic left seems to have a privileged position in higher ed, including when it commits academic misconduct, and it often takes these outsider voices coming from opposite political perspectives uh, to simply ask the right questions and do the scrutiny because they are not policing their own. And, and I guess it, what I, I guess what elicited a chuckle from a lot of people is I don't recall if it was in her New York New York Times op-ed or subsequent interviews that Claudine Gay gave, but she'd indicated. Look, you know, hey, uh, I, I never, the, the work I put forth, I never tried to claim it as my own. I just maybe failed to cite uh, a few sources. Um, isn't that one of the definitions of uh, plagiarism, Dr. Magnus? Well, that's always uh, the, the case. And the type of plagiarism in particular that, uh, that she seems to have engaged in here, uh, it was it, the a version of it they sometimes refer to as mosaic plagiarism. It's where you copy and paste a couple sentences here and there or maybe a paragraph here and there, and it's clearly coming from another source. But then the uh, the plagiarist will go through and they'll swap out two or three words, maybe move a couple things around with synonyms, uh, to, and it's almost an intentional action to obscure the fact that they did the copy-paste from another source. Uh, so uh, it, it just baffles me how someone could claim that they were unaware that they did that. It's you know it's one thing to lift words directly from another person. Uh, it's a it's a whole different layer when they're not only lifting words, they're modifying those words to hide the fact that they lifted them. And she definitely appears to have done that. Yeah, one of the uh, things that came for you know when the initial indications were uh, coming were out there that there were some uh, allegations of plagiarism by Dr. Claudine Gay. Uh, one of and. Even in the face of some of the early evidence, she had indicated uh, she was steadfast that she wasn't going to resign. And I, I got to thinking, and, and I certainly wasn't the only person who thought this. It's like, well, what if a student commits plagiarism? How is Harvard going to take some sort of corrective action, which I believe is in their code of conduct for a student violating that particular instance? How, how are they going to credibly uh, punish that? Because I think you've made a point in other interviews, uh, Dr. Magnus, uh, Harvard just recently has punished several students for instances of plagiarism, has they not? That's, that's absolutely the case. So the uh, most recent data that they have released, I think, was the 2020-21 school year, and plagiarism was the second most common honor code violation that they had uh, uh, brought people up on charges on. And the, and the standard punishments for these, uh, I think on the lighter end, they ask them, they suspend them basically for a full school year. And then in more severe cases, they expel them from the university. And it, it, there's a, a point of hypocrisy here Then, if presidents of their own university and faculty that are enforcing these rules in the classroom are not abiding by the very same room rules that they're applying right. to a freshman undergraduate, uh, it, you know, it really undermines the intellectual enterprise of the entire university system. So we, uh, we are joined, by the way, folks, by uh, Dr. Philip Magnus, again, a senior fellow at the Independent Institute. We have a couple of minutes remaining with our uh, interview with uh, Dr. Magnus. Uh, just wrapping up here, uh, Dr. Magnus, have you personally uh, been consulted and maybe looking at uh, other allegations of plagiarism? Because obviously, uh, if it's certainly happening at some of our most elite universities, it most likely is happening in other universities as well. And, and you know, it's funny, the reaction I saw is like, well, we're going to, 
they they need to root out and go after every other instance of of plagiarism. And it's like, well, yeah, no one is th- saying that it's it, it what what's good for the goose is good for the candor here. So, have you been consulted in maybe other instances of uh, plagiarism to do some research like this? Absolutely. And uh, in fact, it was a little over a year ago, uh, I broke a story about a uh, prominent left-wing historian at Princeton University by the name of Kevin Cruz, who was real famous for being kind of a Twitter activist and internet Mm. celebrity. And I had discovered while doing a book review of one of his academic works that there were some suspicious lines in there and did a little more uh, digging deeper and found that they were essentially plagiarized out of other uh, sources. Uh, so I called the Kevin Cruz case. It was almost like a trial run for what we just saw and are now seeing in Claudine Gay because they trotted out all of the same excuses. They said, well, this was unintentional. It was accidental copying and pasting. You know, these Orwellian word games that the universities have uh, uh, have launched into to defend celebrity professors and academics on the left from their own rules because, uh, you know, you compared it to Princeton's own rules. They're just like Harvard's. They're very, very strict in the classroom. If students do any of these things, they would be suspended or expelled or had uh, reprimands put in their records. And yet you have cases of faculty, uh, when they get caught, the university will sometimes step in if they're of the right political persuasion and basically say, well, uh, you know, at most we're going to give you a slap on the wrist. You don't have any penalty in your record. And uh, we recognize that you didn't intend to plagiarize here. It was uh, accidental. It's copying and pasting, not real plagiarism. So it's uh, Orwellian word games that seem to be selectively invoked in uh, our elite institutions if they want to stand behind someone that's known for their political views rather than their scholarship. I do have to admit I got quite a laugh out of uh, somebody conveying it's like, well, if you're going to go after those who are left of center, the left of center presidents of these elite universities, you ought to go after the conservative presidents of these elite universities. And to which many said, what, both of them? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, if if there, hey, in all seriousness, if there is evidence of that, yeah, obviously this is an ethical issue. So uh, I, I don't doubt that that will be certainly uh, researched heavily like this one was. So once again, we've been honored to join, be joined by Dr. Philip Magnus, again, a senior fellow at the Independent Institute, talking about uh, his role in unco- helping uncover instances of plagiarism in Dr. Claudine's work. Uh, Dr. Magnus, thank you so much for joining us on the broadcast today. Have yourself a great rest of the weekend, and I appreciate your time, sir. All right. You too. AM twelve eight of the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson, back with another segment on the broadcast in mere moments. Go nowhere. Greece is cheap. But the airfare costs a fortune. Paris? Not much closer. And again, airfare... What about Puerto Vallarta? Let's face it, flying anywhere is just too expensive. Wait, what's this? Low-cost airlines. With one call to low-cost airlines, you'll drastically slash your travel costs. We're talking insanely low airline prices to any of your favorite destinations. Where would you like to go? London, Rome, Costa Rica, Australia? Wow, that's cheap. So why wait? Call now to learn how crazy cheap it is to fly anywhere in the U.S. or international. Our prices are so low, we can't publish them. The only way to get them is to call to instantly hear the most amazing best deals on airline 
and travel. It's that easy. So call now and start packing. 800-719-5601. That's 800-719-5601. There are no words to describe it. The isolation. The boredom. The loneliness. If you're wondering where your teenage son or daughter's spirit went, you're hardly alone. The past year has been devastating, especially for them. But here's the good news. They might just find it again, playing high school sports. Workouts that stimulate, teammates and coaches that care, the sense of belonging so many of us have been missing lately. That's what school sports are all about. The sense of achievement is real, and the camaraderie is hard to beat. Coping with uncertainty is difficult, but school sports can help the teenagers in your family start feeling like themselves again. Encourage them to give it a try. High school sports, it's so much more than a game. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. What is your healing power? Maybe your healing power is helping veterans with PTSD, traumatic brain injuries, depression, anxiety, or loneliness? Is your healing power a simple heartfelt letter or being a volunteer? It is estimated that over a half a million current warfighters will return from service diagnosed with PTSD and 22 veterans will commit suicide every day. Our veterans have paid the ultimate sacrifice for our country. At HealVets.org, you can find out more about the healing power of pen pals, volunteers, therapy kits, and more. Discover your healing power at HealVets.org. Help Heal Veterans, together with you, has been helping one recovering veteran at a time. We are helping veterans heal together. What is your healing power? To find out about your power, visit HealVets.org. This PSA is sponsored by Help Heal Veterans. Hey, welcome back. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag N A R N Show on Twitter. And don't forget the uh, live stream of our broadcast is up and running at the Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. So feel free to check us out there as well. Leave a comment or question. If you so desire, as always, thank you for tuning in. I do want to get to a call real quick on line one. Bob from Shoreview is on the line. Bob, always good to hear from you, sir. How are you? Oh, good. Thank you. Um, I don't know if you saw this story online, but at first Harvard tried to redefine plagiarism to protect embattled President Claudine Gay. And here's a quote from the story. Jason Riley, who is also black, said this. Harvard's dilemma illustrates a broader practical problem with racial preference policies. Once you lower the standards for hiring administrators or admitting students, you are forced to lower standards for evaluating their conduct and performance. And I responded uh, with a comment that goes like this. So are the standards lower just because they're black? No, if they would hire more people like Thomas Sowell, Larry Elder to be their president, then they would have people who would actually raise the standard. 
people who are better than some whites in some cases. What do you say? What do you think? Yeah, thanks, Bob. I appreciate the comment. Yeah, that that's um, you know that's obviously uh, something that's been brought to the forefront. You know, particularly when the Supreme Court ruled on affirmative action, how um, affirmative action in and of itself is undermining certain racial groups like Asians. Asians were woefully underrepresented underrepresented in admission policies to certain elite universities because of affirmative action, because it was aimed strictly uh, or a lot, the vast majority of it, toward admitting black students, which, again, not a bad thing, but the problem is you undermine other uh, demographics as a result. And when the Supreme Court ruled throughout uh, affirmative action saying, no, that cannot be used as a consideration anymore for college admissions. You had some progressives kind of saying the quiet part out loud about, you know, they kind of betrayed their thoughts and saying, oh, my gosh, how is a black person ever going to get ahead anymore without affirmative action? It's like, so you're saying black people can't get ahead just on their own? They need their race to get them ahead? You know, you kind of are betraying your thoughts there, Prague. So, uh, appreciate the uh, appreciate the insights, Bob. Yeah, that's that's my concern, and I hope this doesn't happen. But you know, what other conclusion are we supposed to reach? You know, when Claudine Gay was elevated to this very prestigious position, and it seems pretty clear that she lacks some significant credentials. And I hope this doesn't undermine other black students, black administrators, aspiring administrators who actually got to where they did by the sweat of their brow, by just rolling up their sleeves and doing the work, i.e. Thomas Sowell, like Bob had mentioned. So appreciate the call, Bob. Thanks so much. I do want to pivot now to 2024 uh, presidential talk. You know, a lot of the, um, you know, and as I've said before, the legal issues that Trump is facing some of them are conjured up like Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA, uh, going after Trump over you know allegations of campaign finance irregularity, something that is under the purview of the feds and not even they would really take on. And that immediately shot Trump into the stratosphere in the polls. And I've maintained that if they just focus solely on Trump mishandling classified information there might be something there but the problem is they're doing all the stuff throwing stuff against the wall and seeing what sticks um that's a horrible strategy because if it's not airtight from a legal standpoint he's just going to grow more and more in his popularity and as of now seems like the inevitable republican nominee and could very easily knock off joe biden and one of the reasons Joe Biden can be defeated in the presidential election later this year is that a normal Democrat voting block is kind of cratering. I don't know if it's a if it's a problem across the Democrat Party as a whole. I, I think maybe it is, but it's certainly going to have an adverse impact on Joe Biden. This is from USA Today this past week, a fraying coalition. Black, Hispanic, young voters abandon Biden as election year begins. Uh, President Joe Biden heads into the election year showing alarming weaknesses 
among stalwarts of the Democratic voter base, with Donald Trump leading among Hispanic voters and young people. One in five black voters now say they'll support a third-party candidate in November. In a new USA Today Suffolk University poll, Biden's failure to consolidate support in key parts of the coalition that elected him in 2020 has left him narrowly trailing Trump, the likely Republican nominee, 39 to 37. 17% support an unnamed third-party candidate. When seven candidates are specified by name, Trump's lead inches up to three percentage points, 37 to 34, with independent Robert F. Kennedy Jr. at the top of the third-party candidates at 10%. The findings underscore the formidable political task the president faces this uh, this year to win a second term. I think he's done a reasonably sound job, but it's not been a wow administration, said Michelle Durr, age 55, a Democrat who plans to vote for Biden. The small business owner from Alexandria, Virginia, a suburb just outside Washington, was among those surveyed. Excuse me. For me, it's disappointing that we have two old white guys in this race again. I want to look forward to the future. Biden now claims the support of just 63 percent of black voters, a precipitous decline from 87 percent he carried in 2020, according to the Roper Center, he trails among Hispanic voters by five percentage points, 39 to 34. In 2020, he had swamped Trump among that demographic group two to one, specifically 65 percent to 32 percent. Wow, I've, I've it's been long ascertained that if a Democrat presidential candidate ever dips below 90 percent uh, support from the black voters, that that would be time to sound the alarm bells. Now, Biden won it with 87% in 2020, but that's because Trump uh, did not do well with a lot of uh, what have been in the past, not too recent past, a strong GOP demographic, which is suburban white voters. But that coalition is kind of frayed for Trump because suburban women, particularly single women, break hard against Trump, okay? So any normal Republican candidate would be cleaning up if they boasted these kind of numbers head-to-head against Biden because they would lock in the normal GOP demographics. But the problem is Trump dissuades some of those normal GOP demographics. So that's why the race is tighter than it should be. And, you know, I, I cite Eric Erickson, conservative commentator, quite a bit. You know, he made the point the other day that, There would be far less resources needed to elect, say, a Ron DeSantis or a Nikki Haley, were they the Republican candidates, than Donald Trump. Because a lot of the money that Trump is raising goes to his legal bills. So he doesn't have enough left. He doesn't have a whole heck of a lot left over to, you know, run his campaign. And, oh, by the way, you have to try to keep the majority in the House of Representatives and flip two seats in the Senate to take control of the U.S. Senate. And there would be far more resources available if Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley were the candidate because, again, they don't have the legal issues. Trump does. Well, speaking of conservative commentator Eric Erickson, he kind of lays out the crux of the matter as to why Biden is cratering support with Hispanic voters. This is cut number two. Busted their butts to come to this country. Some of them came illegally, went back, established citizenship. A lot of them went and stood in line at the local American embassy, established a right to get here, became a permanent resident alien, became a citizen. They put in the work. They put in the time. They came here. They are some of the hardest working people you will meet. 
and they see the border being overrun with a bunch of people who didn't take the time to do what they did, and they're not happy with it. And then you have a Democratic Party that wants to lump them all in. Oh, well, the issues of the Hispanic voter and the illegal immigrant are the same. No, the hell they are not. One's an American citizen and one is not. I assure you, they are different issues. They busted well, their Whoa, whoa, bu- whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're telling me that the progressives' efforts to co-opt Hispanic identity with this nonsensical gender-neutral language like Latinx, that ain't locking them in? Really? Do tell. Color me shocked. Because these, a lot of these Hispanics who have come here legally and are living here legally are culturally conservative. And they're not down with this gender-neutral language, particularly when you try to co-opt their own language of Latina and Latino, which very distinctly draws the difference between woman and man. And so you're trying to tell me that co-opting their traditions and projecting your progressive ideology onto, onto them, that ain't working? That ain't locking them in? Huh. Who would have ever guessed that? And like I say, this would be the perfect time for a credible third-party candidate. I get it. There are candidates out there that are running as third-party. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., obviously the biggest name. But this, if there was ever a time for a credible third-party candidate, right now would be it. And whatever you think about Robert F. Kennedy Jr., and I don't think much of him, I get it. He draws in some conservatives because of his stance against mandated vaccines, and, and you know, he he's... Uh, Unfortunately, relating to a lot of the conspiracy theory minded uh, GOP, you know, with the COVID, you know, the GOP with the COVID conspiracy theories and whatever else, you know, there's there were plenty of there's plenty been plenty, plenty of nefarious activities surrounding how we handled uh, the coronavirus without delving into kooky conspiracy theories. OK. And yet Robert F. Kennedy Jr. seems to be appealing to a lot of uh, conservatives on on that front. And this isn't a, if you're a conservative, you're not a credible conservative if, if you support Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I'll just tell you that right now. This is a guy who literally wanted people thrown in jail if they didn't think climate change was as big an issue as he did. OK, I'm just telling you right now that that ain't, that you're 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 uh, you're hitching yourself to the to the wrong wagon there. So my point is, if there was ever a time for a credible third-party candidate, now would be it. The, the, the environment is ripe. People, the majority of the electorate, do not want a Trump-Biden matchup. And as of right now, it looks like what they're going to get. Now, I'm going to stick with my prediction. I made this prediction last year, and I'm sticking to it, based on nothing but just wanting to throw a prediction out there. If you want to call it a hot take, call it a hot take. We are not going to have a Trump-Biden matchup whether it's because they can't keep the facade up anymore that Biden is not well enough to run or that Trump does actually get dinged on some of his legal issues and therefore is precluded from running. I don't know, but we are not going to have Trump. One or both will be gone in 2024, which which I don't know, but that that's my prediction and I'm sticking to it based on nothing but, again, wanting to throw a hot take out there. And by the way, um, I didn't even get to this. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin has been hospitalized recently. He was having complications after a routine medical procedure, and that was not known that he was out of commission for like three days until uh, until three days after he was hospitalized for this. So if they're not even going to 
dis- go- going to convey to us that the Secretary of Defense is not able to perform his duties? How can we be so sure that they're being totally transparent and upfront about the health of the President of the United States? 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Or you can check us out on the Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page where we have the live stream of the broadcast up and running. Brad Carlson back with one final segment on the broadcast. You know where. She's smart, beautiful, and a former Fox Business Channel host. Now you can hear her take on the day's financial news on the Trish Regan Show on the Salem Podcast Network. Hear intelligent radio through your smart speaker. Just say, play Play the the Patriot Patriot Minneapolis. What is dedication? My biggest fear in the middle of my addiction was that my kids wouldn't have a father. I overdosed on heroin, and I lived. And I started thinking, you know what? This isn't my story. My desire to change had finally outweighed my desire to stay the same. I felt powerless for so much of my life. It's important to me that my kids are empowered and truly believe that if if they can think it, they can do it. I definitely had to become a better man to be a better father. For the first time, I, I finally feel like I'm exactly where I should be, where I want to be. That's dedication. Visit fatherhood.gov to hear more. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. At Salem Media Group, we are looking for sales professionals with a rare blend of talent and skill to be a part of our community. First, you know beyond any doubt that sales is your thing. And while your current situation may not embody this ideal, you are still committed to the consultative process, a sales method that incorporates creativity and partnership deeply rooted in a matchmaker philosophy. Second, you truly are a fanatic about prospecting. You love the hunt. You think about new business all the time and always have your antennas up for leads that make sense. And third, you are what we at Salem Media Group call an appointment procurement professional. That's right. You're skilled and adept at gaining a face-to-face audience with key decision-makers to investigate win-win opportunities. If this threefold identity describes you, call me, Nick Anderson, General Manager at 651-289-4408 or visit us at am1280thepatriot.com. Chances are she's listening to you right now. But Alexa has a lot of competition. Google Nest or Amazon Echo are two of the best. All you have to do is turn it on and tell it to listen to what you want. This radio station, of course. When she hears our name, we start playing. Remember, it's as simple as this. Alexa, play the Patriot Minneapolis. That's play the Patriot Minneapolis. Intelligent Radio. We are AM 1280, The Patriot. Salem Surround partners with your business to deliver custom digital marketing solutions. Surround your target audience wherever they engage, search, surf, socialize, or review to keep your business top of mind. Learn more at minneapolis.salemsurround.com. Hey, welcome back. AM 1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. One final segment on the broadcast. And 
I guess we'll have time for a call if you'd like to squeeze one in, 651-289-4488. Or weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Or check out the live stream of the broadcast at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. So speaking of the 2024 presidential election, uh, as it, in, a, in what should surprise absolutely nobody, the United States Supreme Court has chosen to take up uh, tr- the question about Donald Trump's ballot qualification because, of course, the Colorado Supreme Court ruled that Donald Trump should be disqualified from their presidential ballot uh, due to violation of Section 3 of the 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. And then the Maine Secretary of State unilaterally decided that Trump should not be on the ballot. Now, both of those rulings by the Colorado Supreme Court as well as the Maine Secretary of State, they have... Both of them have been put on hold while the Supreme Court case is being adjudicated. So, obviously, uh, elections are going to start soon here. I mean, the Iowa caucus is a week from Tuesday. So this is going to be something that the Supreme Court is going to have to rule on in earnest. I've said quite uh, quite a bit here, and, and this is an obviously unique take, that this is purely a motive for progressives to try to undermine the Supreme Court, because, again, they have a conservative majority, an originalist majority. I mean, you've got five of the justices who, for the most part, are originalists, and then three progressive judges, and then John Roberts is, you know, he's kind of of the modern modern, uh, modern day Anthony Kennedy, if you will, in the court. But the five justices is enough, and the problem is, is that the progressives, particularly journals like uh, Washington Post columnist uh, who was once a conservative, Jennifer Rubin, uh, I I would I would say of all of the journalists that have been mentally damaged by Trump, Jennifer Rubin is probably the worst. I, I'm I'm serious. This woman is having some sort of psychological breakdown. When you read some of her stuff, which she puts out on Twitter and her Washington Post column, she is not all there. And I, again, I'm no psychologist, so I may be. Uh, overstepping my bounds here, but my gosh, some of the stuff she's putting out there. She definitively says, yes, Trump violated the uh, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment of the United States Constitution, even though Jen Rubin, from my knowledge, is not a constitutional scholar. And therefore, the Supreme Court needs to uphold this decision, and if they don't, well, then they're just doing so out of partisan grounds because Trump appointed three justices that are on the court. So the only way that the Supreme Court staves off further attacks is if they come up with a unanimous ruling, which they probably won't. And and again, don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting the Supreme Court needs to come up with a unanimous ruling to stave off criticism. That's not what I'm saying. But it seems pretty clear by what legal scholars and and their interpretation of Section 3 of the 14th Amendment have said that what Trump engaged in does not qualify. And secondly, Trump has not even been convicted of any crimes. So how do you disqualify him from the ballot in the first place? And again, that's a question that I have as, you know, just as the layperson, non-legal person. So what I'm saying is the only way way this gets quelled, if say it's like an eight to one majority, maybe even a seven to two majority where one of the progressive justices sides with the majority. Okay, but again, this is all a preemptive strike 
a lot of these leftist journalists saying, well, of course Trump should be kept off the ballot. And the Supreme Court ought not be butting its nose in there like, you know, Bush v. Gore back in 2000 because, you know, Bush used the court to decide that election. Well, what people don't realize is the case Bush v. Gore was an appeal to her lower court ruling. Okay? It wasn't like Bush was bringing a case fresh. It's like, no, he was. it was an appeal. But that's what they're setting this up for is, is this, oh, look at this, the Supreme Court trying to insert itself in, this in, another, in another election to get, a, to get a, re, a Republican elected. And that's not all, at all what's happening here. And by the way, Donald Trump is so awful that if the walking cadaver that's currently in the White House is the best you have to go up against him, you've got problems. Which, again, I point out that Donald Trump is not this grand threat to democracy that these progressives say he is. Because if they were, they wouldn't continually try to prop him up. They're just doing all of this stuff politically to try to delegitimize the Supreme Court as well as and, and they know that'll get Trump supporters and other Republicans inflamed to where Trump will be the nominee and he'll be the easiest to beat. That's a pretty dangerous assumption. How did that work out for you in 2016? Okay? So if you really believe Donald Trump is his grand threat to democracy, stop playing weekend at Biden's and dragging this corpse around Washington, D.C. on the presidential campaign trail and get a different candidate. Because generic Democrat does better against Donald Trump. But they don't do that because their shrieks of Trump is his grand threat to democracy are just complete hyperbole and bullpucky. So uh, anyway, we'll see. We'll certainly keep abreast of the uh, Supreme Court and their work on this uh, particular case. And obviously a lot to talk about as we are in our first weekend in 2024. So a lot of presidential election talk coming up in the subsequent uh, weeks. That is for sure. Folks, as always, thank you for tuning in. AM1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Godspeed, my friends. Have yourselves a blessed week. Closing time. Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to do something good for the vets give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country and your old car can really help them so call the veterans car donation program right now for free pickup of your vehicle help the vets and help your taxes at the same time call right now 800-884-9018 800 that's 800-884-9018 For the first time ever, the movie Sound of Freedom is available now on DVD. You know we can't go off rescuing kids in Colombia. What if this was your daughter? Sound of Freedom stars Jim Caviezel, star of The Passion of the Christ, and Academy Award winner Mira Sorvino. Sound of Freedom, available now on DVD. Quantities are limited. Don't wait. Buy it today and get the exclusive offer for our listeners at soundoffreedomnow.com. 
Inspired by remarkable acts of bravery, Sound of Freedom makes the perfect gift. Share this extraordinary true story with your friends and family. Get your copy of this powerful movie today. Sound of Freedom is available now on DVD. Go to soundoffreedomnow.com. That's soundoffreedomnow.com. Buy the DVD of this incredible film now online at soundoffreedomnow.com. That's soundoffreedomnow.com. Looking for a new way to give back to your community, learn new skills, and make a real difference? Consider volunteering with your local fire department. The majority of U.S. firefighters and emergency responders are volunteers, answering the call when their community needs them. Be part of a dedicated team of volunteers who step up and protect their community from all types of hazards. You can be the difference. There's no typical firefighter. Anyone can volunteer to serve their community. Volunteering as a first responder is really about having the heart and drive to make a difference where it's needed most. Aside from helping your community and being there for those in need, Being a member of the Volunteer Fire Service provides many benefits, including an opportunity to learn new skills and join a family that will serve with you, always have your back, and train you to be the best version of yourself. Your community needs you. Will you answer the call? Learn more and find a local volunteer opportunity at makemeafirefighter.org. That's makemeafirefighter.org. AM 1280, the page.